0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Dotson. Another of our hosts is uh, Joel Luckup. He just happens to be on the line with me right now. How are you doing today, Joel? I, I am. I'm right here. I'm on the line. We're going through the tubes. Through the tubes? I don't know how this thing works, but uh, hopefully we can figure out how to get it recorded and, and get it out to everyone. This is the 118th episode of Red Leg Nation Radio. Uh, last week's episode with uh, me and Bill Lack was very, very... Uh, well, we titled it Dark, Darker, Darkest. Uh, we're sort of in the throes of depression there a little bit. The Reds have won four out of
1: five. Uh,
0: are we out of this depression yet, or how are we feeling, Joe? Uh,
1: I don't know. The The Diamondbacks aren't a particularly good team this year, so I'm, I'm not going to get too optimistic It's nice that they're actually winning, so I'm not going to complain about it. But uh, you know, they got some testers coming up this week. The Giants are in first place, and then they got the Phillies who are who are struggling. But then they got the uh, the Dodgers for four after that. So it's going to be a tough homestand. Hopefully, a fun one though. I'm, I'm really interested to watch
0: this series against the Giants. The Giants surprising. We've come to expect the Giants to be all pitching. Uh, no hitting, and, you know, they won two World Series uh, largely on, on that uh, strategy. Uh, their offense is pretty good this year. Uh, Mike Morse has been a big uh, big help to that offense. And it uh, be interesting to see how, you because know, the Reds pitching staff we've talked about all year has been pretty good, starting with, I think, Homer Bailey in game one. It'll be really interesting to see. they got the best record in the league. They have the the uh, largest division lead uh, of any of the division leaders uh, out there in the National League West. So going to be... Uh, you're right. Uh, they're not the Diamondbacks, but wins are wins. I, I like wins.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I, I mean, I don't mean to belittle the Diamondbacks. I mean, no, you 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 just belittled them. I okay. Well, whatever. They suck. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 the it, the hard part of a baseball season is trying not to get too high and not to get too low and uh you know maybe that makes me an annoying fan but i try not i try to stay even keel now if they reel off if they sweep the the giants or if they win two out of three from the giants and maybe they out of the 10 game homestand they go seven and three or eight and two then i'll be excited
0: yeah there you go you know you you hit on something that i've said uh in a different form many times over the years which is that no team is ever as good as they look on their best day and they're never as bad as they look on their worst day and um, so we can hope this is the start of a, a, a new era for this 2014 Reds. Um, let's not get too excited about winning four out of five uh, most of uh, over the Diamondbacks. So um, Some interesting news in, in uh, Reds World uh, this week, in, in Red Leg Nation this week. Um, Ryan Ludwig. You know, Ryan Ludwig's been the starter in left field, and Brian Price uh, went to him and basically told him, Leftfield no longer belongs to you. He's going to do some mixing and matching. He's going to work uh, Chris Heisey in, Skip Schumacher in uh, to left field along with Ludwig. And uh, I heard that Ludwig had a fairly salty interview on uh, on television uh, this weekend. I didn't I didn't actually see that, but that may have something to do with it. Uh, I understand you've got some thoughts on uh, on this uh, this news well, about Ryan Ludwig.
1: Well, I. I'm not as anti Ryan Ludwig as a lot of people seem to be, and maybe I just run with the, a weird crowd. I don't know. Uh, I I don't, and part of that is I don't see the alternatives as being that different. Uh, they're 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 better players in different ways, and they're worse players in, in certain ways. Um, so I don't necessarily see it as a matter of hey, you know, Heisey should be playing more than Ludwig because Heisey can do this and this. Uh yeah, but Heisey can't do that and that that, that Ludwig can. So um, I'm okay with there being a platoon. I don't think any of the players that, that would be playing left field probably deserve to be playing seventy five percent of the time. Um, you know, so it's it's a matter of uh, that position is probably going to require, um, some good studying of the pitchers that are coming in and, and playing matchups as best as you possibly can. You know, cause they're all, you know, well, I guess Schumacher is left-handed, but they're all, the rest of them are right-handed. Well, I guess Ludwig's left or Lutz is left-handed too, isn't he? Well, I'll just shut up then. There's two lefties and two righties. <laughs> but you're not going to platoon, you're not going to do a straight-up platoon, and, you know, when you got four guys. Um, I, I can't say that I'm excited that any of them would be starting it's not like i'm going to look at the lineup one day and be oh good he's starting today uh you know you just got to hope that you get the right matchups for your guys and and the best players out there i mean the you know ludwig had a pretty good game on sunday so hopefully you know that's a trend for whoever's playing left field just ends up having a good day a good game the day they're out there it's not uncommon for teams to play platoons at positions. You know, we don't see a lot of straight up platoons in Cincinnati. We haven't seen very many of them lately outside of the catcher position. So it'll be nice to see them really not uh, be locked into giving one player, you know, exceeding number of starts uh, that they don't necessarily deserve. Well, you know, I am anti-Ryan Ludwig. Uh, I'll
0: just say <laughs> it. Uh, but, uh, I think the, the, the hope here, and of course, hope's not a strategy, but the hope here is that Brian Price can figure out some way to mix and match that'll that'll be better. Leftfield's been just miserable this year, and, and I, I don't pin that entirely on Ludwig. Nobody's been good out there. The problem we've got is, as you touched on, the Reds don't have a good option out there. Uh, you know, Ludwig's not a good option for leftfielder on a contending team. Schumacher's not a good option. Heisey's not a good option. Lutz is really not a good option. None of these guys are guys you'd really necessarily want out there. The hope is that. They each have their own, uh, you know, various skills and abilities, and they can mix and match depending on who's pitching. Uh, You know, Schumacher has uh, some on-base skills. Uh, Heisey's defense, I was looking today, has been, uh, if you can trust, two months' worth of uh, defensive data, uh, especially in the limited amount he's played. But he's been pretty good uh, defensively, and, you know, he's got a little bit of pop. And, you know, these guys all have various uh, strengths, none of which uh, add up to a, a single guy that could be a, a guy that we'd be comfortable with in left, but uh, you know maybe Price can figure out some way to to mix and match them. Uh, I think that's the that's the best hope uh, for uh, for the rest of any production at left field, in my opinion, because leaving Ludwig out there seventy five percent of the time just wasn't going to get it done. Uh, he's not the player that we saw a couple years ago. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy again. His power is just uh, almost non existent uh, these days, which is really what I'd hope for out of Ludwig. So.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because you know what's funny is that there's only, uh, five guys on the team who have a higher slugging percentage than Ryan Ludwig. So, this year. So maybe his power is not what it's been, but... There's nobody on this team that's had any pop really. Compared compared team, to his peers, you know, yeah, in the clubhouse. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so, I mean, and I'm not I'm not sticking up for Ludwig saying he's got any pop. Right. What I'm saying is that this team is has a dearth of it outside of maybe three or four guys. And obviously, Jay Bruce is going to start hitting here <laughs> eventually. I mean, he's got to, right? He can't be this bad forever. <laughs> um, I hope uh, not. But if anything, Jay Bruce is proof of why t- why players should go on rehab assignments. Yeah. Because you trying to get your timing back at the major league level is not an ideal situation. And I understand part of the reason they did that was because Votto had just gone out and they were trying to get something to spark the offense. I get that. I'm you know I don't think it's I'm not angry that they that they didn't. Uh, you know, give Jay Bruce a rehab assignment. I yeah, think that, I might have made the same decision if I were in there. Yeah, especially yeah, especially at that time. Right. Um, it's just uh, I think it's pretty clear, especially with somebody like Jay who who seems to get his timing off uh, frequently. Um, I, I think he would have probably been a, a, a good candidate. I mean, and I think Joey's a good candidate to go on a rehab assignment because these guys are, uh, you know, it's really important to him. You know, Brandon Phillips might be able to hop off the DL and be the same kind of hitter he normally is. Uh, but I think uh, Joey and Jay are the kind of guys that need to see pitching and get their timing going a little better.
0: Yeah, I agree. and uh, And I want to talk about Bruce in the context of this outfield. But does it surprise you? Before we get back into that, I'm going to digress for a moment because okay, that, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Would what, what it? I was looking through the uh, some numbers today, looking at the uh, Fangraphs uh, WAR wins above replacement. And does it surprise you that Chris Heisey and Billy Hamilton are tied for third on this team? Uh, in wins above replacement, uh, in terms of the no, hitters, but, the hitters.
1: Yeah, no, and and I bet most of their value. Um, yes. 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 And and I and uh, you know, not having to look at the numbers, I would also assume that uh, Billy Hamilton has a little bit of value on the base path. He too. gets bumped with his base running. Yes, that's that's yeah. almost almost all of their value, frankly. So it, I mean, it's not completely surprising, especially when you think about the. Um, you know, of the four best hitters on the team, two of them are catchers that aren't playing full time, so they're going to lose. I mean, although uh, Brian Pena seems to be playing a little more full time now that that Vado's been out, but um, you know, they're going to lose a little bit of, a bit of value just by their their drop in playing time as well. So, no, it, it doesn't completely surprise me. Uh, I think, if anything, though, um, seeing that. Uh, would be a, a big red flag for this team. If you had said that at the early in the year that those were going to be the, would you say they were third and fourth? Well, they're tied uh, for third. Tied for third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My first Where, thought was just, ugh. ugh. Is it, is it, uh, uh, Todd Frazier's probably number one, right? Frazier's number one. And, um, I'm going to guess. You're going to let me let's guess. Let's hear it. I'm going to let you guess. I, 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 I'm, I'm guessing that Mesorocco does not have enough playing time. So, um, Devin Meseraco is number two, sorry. It, is he? Is it? Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah,
0: well, you know, that's. Um, I interrupted you there. You're going to guess, and I just I saw you going wrong. I, well, well, I, I, wasn't and I gonna, couldn't let you I do that.
1: Gonna, I wasn't going to guess Meseraco. I was going to say Phillips, but I'm guessing Phillips is fifth then.
0: No, Joey Votto's
1: fifth. Oh, really? So, yeah. And I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I do remember the top five. So, Yeah, yeah I thought well, it was interesting. You know, I guess Brandon Phillips and his 293 on base percentage is probably having a little trouble <laughs> breaking into the top five. <laughs> Yeah, he's not uh, – Phillips has not been
0: good this year. This 87 uh, – we, we talk about WRC plus, uh, weighted runs created plus, 87 uh, Phillips, and that's not good. But, uh, you know, I think that the offense has been bad, and and we want to – you know, I guess we can hammer Phillips if we want, but the culprit, in my opinion, is this outfield. Uh, mm-hmm. This outfield has been – you know, frankly uh, – Ludwick and, and Jay Bruce are both negatives uh, when it comes to uh, to wins above replacement. Uh, Hamilton's been the most productive. Again, as we said, that's his legs and his glove mostly. Uh, but but listen to this: as a group, the entire outfield. This is everybody that's played outfield for the Reds this year. Two thirty three average, three oh six on base percentage, three forty one slugging percentage, eleven total homers uh, through two months uh, out of the outfield, uh, seventy nine uh, weighted runs created plus. Uh, does that make your head hurt as much as it does mine? Because that's we can blame Phillips. We can blame Cozart, who's been off at the plate. But there's there's your problem with the Reds' offense, in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean it's it's pretty clear. And you know what's sad is they're not even last in outfield OPS in the National League. Oh gosh! I just want to make fun of the Cubs for one second. Thank you. But yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um. Yeah. It's. Uh, uh, and and you know we all love Jay Bruce and we all know that, I mean Jay Bruce is an all-star caliber player but man I I mean he's six for his last 60 yeah it's or something awful. like that or eight for his last six maybe it's eight for his last 60 yeah uh eight for his last 60 and that goes back before he was on the uh on the DL so he hasn't had an extra base hit since the middle of April uh, I mean it's it's' It's bad. We love Bruce, but, and, and, you know, he goes through slumps, but wow. I mean. Yeah, this, I mean, this is, this is close to the worst slump that, of his career, and he's been in some pretty bad slumps. Um, but they usually don't last 60 plate appearances, not at this level. You know, usually 60 plate appearances. He may be batting like 175, right? I mean, what is it? Eight for 60 is not, um, I, I should have done the math in my head. It's like what 120 or 133. That's what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's 133 batting average. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's that's not, not good, especially because none of those hits are, are, are home runs or extra base hits. I think they're all singles. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad and he really needs to get it going, especially with Votto being out of the lineup. So
0: yeah, with Votto out of the lineup, you know, um, obviously Frazier's been great. Mizorako has been great, but, um, that's it uh, when it comes to above average offensive players right now with, with Votto out. And, and, and maybe I'm overly optimistic. Um, uh, sometimes I try to be, uh, maybe that's a reason that we can be hopeful. About the rest of the season, Bruce is going to get better. You, you got to think the, the, that Hamilton—you know—he, we've seen flashes, and you know, the more he learns, maybe he'll be better the last four months of the season. And, and maybe if they can mix and match left field, you know, uh, this offense—sure, they've scored uh, more runs only than uh, I think the Padres is the only team that scored fewer runs in the Reds.
1: But uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll get better. I... <laughs> uh, what's one thing? Um one thing that i was surprised actually is uh they're actually 8 and 8 since vado last played and that's surprising mainly because uh the pitching hasn't been that great i mean they've given up like 4.2 or 4.3 runs per game uh, which is high for this team for where they've been this year and they're they're only scoring like 2.6 or 2.8 runs per game so you know there's some they've been lucky you know they they've had some of their luck turn a little bit uh you know and that their luck turning to 8 and 8 which is kind of disappointing but um <laughs> you know if they if they can add good performance to good luck uh perhaps maybe they can run off a, a few games here and uh i mean it's going to be tough you know like we said they got to play the giants for 3 and then they got to play the dodgers for 4 um you know so it's going to be tough but this this homestand uh, is a good opportunity for them to build some confidence if they can win a few games against these good teams. Yeah, and you know
0: baseball is a funny game.
1: They could. I mean, you
0: never know. The worst team is going to win 40% of the games. The the best team is going to uh, lose 40%. So, uh, you know, maybe they can uh, get on a little run here. Maybe they, they're already on a little run. Maybe they can do it against some good teams. And if so, we keep saying this, but hang around, hang around. Jay Bruce gets himself healthy and, and back on track. Joey Votto comes back eventually uh, you know they're not completely out of the race here you know oh, yeah,
1: am i am i doing this am i really you doing confidence this confidence in what you're saying do you <laughs> i don't i'm
0: trying to figure out a way to be optimistic about this this club when they've given us very little over the first two months to be excited yeah. about I, this team has not been a fun team to watch I, I, let's just let's right call it like and, it is
1: yeah and I, I mean and especially the offense i mean the offense has been pretty pathetic and um you know they it's not going to help i mean the giants actually have pretty good pitching they're second in the league in and, and uh, runs allowed per game so uh it's going to it's going to be a tough go um we're trying to be optimistic yes uh it wouldn't be surprising if this homestand is a disaster uh but uh you know we like it we choose to be optimistic right <laughs> um, That's what we say we choose to be optimistic they they still have a run somewhere in them. The question is whether or not you know if say they go ten and two or something like that, will it be enough to buoy the fact that you know twelve games isn't a significant portion of the season? And what are they going to do and the rest of that you know the rest of the season beyond that? Because you know some point they are going to they're going to have a good run. They're they're not a they're not an abysmal team. They're just a flawed team and so the difference there is that you know an abysmal team may not have a run in them the cubs the cubs probably their best run is going to be you know 6 and 3 or something like that you know the reds are a good team a a good team with with a huge flaw and that's their offense and uh if they can't uh, if they can manage to have you know a good stretch where they score you know four or five runs a game over, you know, several games, you know, a few one or two runs mixed in here or there. They could have a stretch where they win 10 of 12 or, or you know, 10 of 15 or something like that. Um, and will that be enough to kind of start pushing them back up over 500 and maybe have them hanging around? Um, I still think that they're, you know, max 87 win team, even if they have a great stretch. Um, but, you know, you're threatening then. And if you're threatening, then who knows? Right? Who knows? Yeah. Hey, who knows? <laughs> you see, we're going. We're, we're calling back uh, some of our previous
0: conversations. Who knows? Yeah. Trying to be optimistic. The Reds are three under. They're seven games out as we record this. Uh, you know, they're closer to first than the Dodgers are. Um, now, that's a that's really not really a, much of a fair comparison, but still, you know, they're not completely out of the race. What are they? Three, or four games out of the wild card. Uh, you know. Um, for what that's worth, and that's, you know, you're sort of pinning your hopes on, well, I don't like pinning my hopes on maybe being able to sneak into the second wild card spot, but, uh, you know, it's not time to give up yet, I guess, and we keep saying that every week, and how many weeks straight are we going to say, not time to give up yet, we may go all the way to the end of the season and say, not give up yet, but until they're mathematically eliminated, mathematically eliminated. but, um, but boy, you know, you watch them day in and day out, and you watch you know, Roger Bernardino betting, uh, you know, six in the lineup playing first base. And you start to think this team looks historically bad. But you know, you look up and they're, you know, they're not as far out as you would
1: expect from a team that, that plays Roger Bernardino at first base. Well, and obviously, I mean, they are, they, in terms of Reds history, they are close to being historically bad you know they've had they had one of the longest streaks of not even being able to score six runs in a game yeah they offensively more right than yeah. Six, they haven't scored more than six runs in a game in forever um you know so uh, you know good teams have those outbursts and you know it's funny in the past I feel like past seasons I've always been arguing with people who have said, well, these, this offense is terrible. They're a terrible offense. And then I would show them numbers that say, you know, well, they score, uh, nobody scores three runs or less, less often. And then, and nobody scores more than six runs more often than they do or whatever. You know, v- variety of statistics like that. And well, they're all, you know, their numbers are all based on scoring a lot of runs in a few games. Well, that's what good teams do. Right. Good offenses don't score six runs every game. Well, great offenses might, but um, you know they don't. They don't. A team that averages four and a half runs or five runs a game doesn't score four or five runs every game. They score nine runs a game, and then they maybe score one or two in a game. But they it's those nine run games that you never hardly you hardly ever lose, especially when you have good pitching. And the Reds just haven't been getting up to that point where you know you're out of danger of actually losing the game um they they just don't do that very often and so they end up losing a lot or they end up having stressful games that end up being one run games which by the way they're 10 and 13 and run one one run games now which is a lot better than what they were which was like what three and 12 or something so yeah yeah. exactly i don't know if that was the exact number but yeah so you know the baseball season's a long season so it is a long season but
0: you know uh trying to look for reasons for optimism you're not really giving them to me they're you know second uh, from the bottom uh, or they're next to uh, you know just ahead of san diego and runs uh, scored they're uh only better than the cubs and padres and uh, among nationally clubs anyway and on base percentage uh
1: there are a lot of outs in their lineup uh on a good day there are a lot of outs in their lineup and on a on a bad day um you know, there are a lot of outs. Uh, they, they are still the same team that got, uh, uh, they had the minimum number of batters faced versus Josh Coleman, or the team that almost got, uh, had a perfect game thrown by hyun Jun Ryu. So it's not, uh, they're flawed, like we said. And without Joey Votto, they're especially flawed. And I know that everybody wants Joey Votto to drive in runs, but, what they're really missing is Joey Votto getting on base. Joey Votto not making outs. So when you replace Joey Votto with Roger Bernardino, even though Roger Bernardino actually has a decent on-base percentage, or when you replace him with, uh, with even Brian Pena, you know, you're getting a, that's a, like what, an extra out every, you know, three or four plate appearances, uh, there's an extra out in there. That, Starts adding up over the course of a game. You know, you get fewer at bats for the guys in the middle of the lineup, fewer at bats for Todd Frazier or Brandon Phillips because the guys in front of them are making outs more often than they than they normally would. And you need Jay Bruce to start hitting too.
0: Well, that's the number one key. Well, one one A is uh, is Bruce getting and and Bruce is going to hit better. He's uh, he's got to hit better. I History say. would say so. Um, the other the other thing is that they got to get Votto back. And, and you know, there's a report this week that uh, Votto's has made, quote, good progress with his left quadricep strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Reds are, are very encouraged. And he could start a rehab assignment this week uh, in, in, in the minor leagues. And, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical that uh, any of that's going to happen. I don't, uh, you know. Uh, Sort of wait and see, I guess. But say he does go out on a rehab assignment this week and say he's able to come back and, uh, you know, Bruce starts hitting better. You get Votto back in the lineup. That's two big-time hitters that you're adding into the lineup. that we're talking about all these, uh, you know, uh, automatic out, Not automatic outs necessarily, but all these. uh, Frequent outs. Too many uh, frequent outs. That's a big, big, big difference. Uh, uh, A healthy Votto and a healthy Bruce both back in that lineup, playing like they can play, that's a significant difference uh, than, than what we've seen. So I guess if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, as we keep talking about, if those guys can come back soon, put them back in the middle of that lineup, it's a different team. You know? uh, Mesroco's not going to keep hitting like he has, but, uh, but Mesroco's good. Pena's been, uh, been, been good. They're, those guys are not a bad duo behind the plate offensively when you look at catchers around the league. Uh, Frazier, you know, Frazier is a 28-year-old third baseman. Uh, probably doing a little better than I expected, but not uh, outrageously so. And, and I can see uh, someone at his age uh, putting together a year like this all year. So, uh, you know, that gives you. There's there's four guys there. If they can figure out some way with left field, and Billy Hamilton starts getting a little bit better, there are. There's an opportunity for them to score enough runs. They're not going to be an elite offense no matter how they do it, with uh, short of trading for Giancarlo Stanton and, uh, I don't know, they could probably trade Billy Hamilton for Mike Trout maybe. I'd take that. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, they're not going to be an elite offense. But they could be good enough. Uh, you know, and the and the pitching's, uh, given the, the state of the pitching, you know, good enough might be, well, good enough.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's funny it's funny because we've like completely switched our normal roles and you're you appear to be trying to be the optimistic. <laughs> I'm trying so hard here. I'm really
0: making a sincere effort. I'm failing, uh, but I'm making an effort.
1: I I don't disagree to a point. Uh, I think that they do have some upside in terms of getting Votto back, Bruce improving. Um, I, you know, Mesuraco. I, I think that Mesuraco. Is probably his season numbers are, are going to look a little bit, you know, they're going to look down from where he's at right now. But I think he's going to be um, balanced enough that it's not going to be a sharp decline, right? Um, you know, uh after, I mean Frazier, you know, like you said, he could probably maintain or come close to maintaining what he's done. His numbers may go down a little bit, but not. I wouldn't expect them to be a sharp decline. After that, I don't see a lot of optimism. Behind those four guys and you know maybe brandon phillips will improve on where he's at right now um that's not saying a lot i don't think that he's going to put up great numbers the rest of the way uh but you know i maybe he'll get his on base percentage back up over 300 maybe he'll get his slugging back over up over 400 uh I don't know. I, I mean I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just trying to say that um I don't see a lot of improvement unless they make some sort of a move and I just don't I don't I'm not optimistic that they're gonna make a move. Um I don't know how they pull it off. Uh yeah, I don't It's either. just I mean it's un it's unfortunate that uh Jesse Winker is still in high A because we could use somebody <laughs> that could hit oh. And he had two bombs today. Now, he's been all tearing that. the cover off the ball. So,
0: oh, his skill set's the exact skill set that I love for a guy. Good, 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 good play discipline, some power. Yeah, and
1: and and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that means that because he's got a a balanced uh, discipline at the plate, that will mean that he'll be able to move a little more quickly. I hope right. that they don't. I hope they don't leave him in high A all year or or a lot of the year. I hope he gets to move up to double A here quickly. Um, uh, just so that he can, uh, really start to progress because it'd be nice if he was at least able to be considered for, for the left field spot next season. If, you know, if he goes into double A and tears it up and then you can start thinking, well, we don't have to pick up that Ludwig option. Right. Um, because we might have somebody here that can, is cheaper. And, uh, could possibly, I mean, the Ludwig option, the ridiculous thing about it is the buyout's like four and a half million dollars, but it's a sunk cost and you might be able to get better production. Now I'm not, I'm not assuming that Winker would be a better hitter. I'm saying that, you know, if he can come up to double A and show that he has that potential to be a better hitter, because based on what I've heard about him, he's not going to be any great shakes in the, in the outfield. Right. Um, so you might want to take advantage of his young legs while they're still young is all I'm saying. Well, and I, I agree, and maybe
0: the Reds will be uh, prompted to push him a little bit if, you know. obviously, they see they've got a mess in the major leagues in left field. And if they're, un- it, it becomes increasingly clear they're not going to be able to make a deal, and, and I don't know how they can because they don't have a whole lot of pieces to move uh, to make a deal that I see. Uh, so mm-hmm. if, they, if it becomes increasingly clear to them they're not going to be able to make a, a trade for a major league left fielder, uh, maybe that will uh, prompt them to, to sort of push him more than they maybe ordinarily would have. Now, if we are wanting to, and I've been trying to be this optimist, but if I if I want to switch that uh, optimist uh, switch to the off position, and and turn the the, the realist uh, fan back on, here's what worries me. What worries me is that the Reds offense has been awful. Uh, Jay Bruce has uh, is is still hurting. You know, these are these are this is me trying to uh, looking at the glass half empty. Jay Bruce is still hurting, and and who knows, may not be uh, right the rest of the year. And so he'll improve, but maybe not. He may not be the Bruce that we had expected this year. Uh, Votto, you know, they're saying they're pleased with his progress, and he's feeling much better, and they're you know they're encouraged. But we've been through this with Votto before. Um, you know, what if Votto can't come back, or if he comes back, you know, at 75% the rest of the year, all of a sudden this offense we talk about being historically bad. Uh, this is, would not be an offense that uh, any type of uh, team that consider themselves a contender would uh, uh, would like to have uh, sitting out there writing uh, into the on the lineup card every day, and so then I could see a big time. Uh, well, actually, it'd be the same team just sort of floating along like they have been, uh, and we look up at the end of the year and they're twelve games under five hundred.
1: It'd be a lot like two thousand eleven, exactly. It, yes, you know, I mean, it'll it, and. Uh, um, I, I don't see a scenario where Votto and Bruce don't start hitting, and the Reds make any kind of a, a run, and anywhere. You know, if Votto and Bruce um, have the worst seasons of their career, as they both are on track to do right now, uh, then yeah, they've got they're going to have big issues this season. And unfortunately, that kind of a situation does not lend itself to the Reds, um, quote unquote, blowing stuff up or uh making a move to uh fix problems that leads to a situation of well our two best hitters uh were hurt all year um you know let's make the best of what we can do you know that kind of stuff so yeah that's kind of a worst case scenario way to go chad yeah, everybody sorry about that. everybody is crying at home
0: now <laughs> well i've been half, crying for glass,
1: glass half empty no more like glass fully empty chad
0: yeah um, sorry about that I'll, I'll i'll wear that one um Ah, uh, you, you're right. You're right that there there are no scenarios under which this team uh, improves offensively that don't don't include Joey Botto and Jay Bruce returning at least uh, somewhere close to where they are. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, that it sort of would work against the Reds blowing things up. My opinion, frankly, is I would be very very surprised if the Reds just uh, quote unquote blew things up, fire sale, start over. You know, in some ways. Uh, For a couple reasons. Well, actually, both the reasons revolve around uh, Bob Castellini. I think uh, think Castellini is, he he wants to win. And that's the thing I love about him. The guy, he wants to win. He wants to bring a winner to Cincinnati. Um, And uh, blowing it up would be an admission that we aren't there, you know, that uh, there aren't just two or three pieces we could maybe move to have this team back to where we want them to be. But also, he's got the All-Star game coming in next year. I just would be very surprised if he blew it up and and had a fire sale with the national spotlight going to be on Cincinnati next year. And and that doesn't make really much sense from a business perspective or from a baseball perspective. That's just my opinion uh, that's based on nothing. I I, I would be very surprised if they blew things up given these particular
1: circumstances. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to blow things up. Uh, more, more my point was, i mean, to maybe me blow things up, was the wrong language to use there. My point w- more being that, uh, they weren't gonna make any significant moves if you spend the whole season without Joey Votto and Jay Bruce, uh, fully healthy. That, it, that they're gonna play this little game that they always tend to play of, um, well, those two guys will be healthy, so we'll be an improved team. And, uh, so that was kinda more my point. Well, but that's a that's a that's a dangerous game to play because this offense,
0: even with Bottle and Bruce playing well, is not a you know there are a lot of holes in this offense. Right. Um. I mean, do you think they can really delude themselves to think that well, these guys were hurt, we're, we're going to be okay next year? And I don't know if it's so much of a delusion as a uh, justification. Well, yeah, um, but they've got to look at it realistically and say, hey, left field is a sinkhole. We got to get some something to sink uh, something out of left field. If we're going to you know stick with Hamilton. He's going to give us what he's going to give us, but you know, can we uh, keep uh, playing with a second baseman who doesn't provide much offense? You know,
1: the hard part is that you have to look at it and say, okay, well, what can what can we do to improve? And I'm not sure that you can look at what's out there and look at what the Reds have to offer in terms of trades or what they can afford in terms of free agency and say, okay, yeah, we can fix the problems with this team. So we're just going to have so, to
0: accept that the Reds uh, stink offensively and uh, just. Do well, it.
1: well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, my my point was that if you know they go the whole season without Votto and Bruce, they're going to sell. Are you there? No, that's it's more what they're going
0: to. you lose me. I lost you there for a second.
1: Oh no! I was saying really important stuff.
0: (laughs) That's Uh, all right. But they're gonna they're um, gonna sell it as this is the reason why we underperformed this year. I mean, is that where you're going with that? Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's not so much that I think that they believe it. It's you know part of building a team is marketing the team, and um, you know if they're gonna try to sell themselves as you know somewhat contenders, they would. I, I totally believe they would play up the. Uh, well, we we were hurt a lot last year, and and not necessarily say as it is a, as an excuse as much as saying we believe we'll be better this year because we believe we won't be hurt kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if I were in the marketing department, that's that's where I would go as well. I mean, absolutely, that's a that's a legitimate uh, marketing ploy, and it's a and it's not untrue. I mean, the injuries have, have hurt them, but uh, boy, if if I felt like they were going to uh, sort of that was their strategy, to just sort of hope that everybody's going to be healthy. That would really bother me. And, that, and I'm not saying that that's what Walt Jockity and crew would, would do. You know, I think they're always looking for ways to, to improve the team. But uh, as a strategy, uh, hoping that you're going to be healthy didn't work this year. And we talked early, before the season. The way the Reds can be healthy this year is only if they stay healthy. because uh, The way they can be competitive is only if they stay healthy because no depth. And as we've seen, that's killed them. They've got no
1: depth. Right, and and I think that um, I think that they look for ways to improve. I just don't think they have the ability to, and uh, and I think that that's what um, why they will fall back on the uh, you know the the excuses. I guess I mean they are excuses, but they'll fall back on the excuses and the hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, it and so. it'll
1: be and it'll be disappointing. It will be. Um, I don't think they look at this team. I don't. I don't think they realistically look at this team and they look at left field and say that uh, there's something there that's not quite what. Um, there, there's something more there than what we're getting. I, you know, I, I don't know how across the board they could have everybody in that front office look at that. Because um, they're not they're not highly incompetent, you, you know. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna judge whether or not they're incompetent. I, I I'm not in on their meetings, um, and you know they do have a track record of success over the last few years. Even if they haven't won in the playoffs, they have um, at least built a contending team. So I won't I would never call them highly in, or highly incompetent uh, to where you would see a, a team. I mean the the mid 2000s. I think those guys deluded themselves into believing they were actually building teams that were better than they were. Absolutely yes. I th- I get the impression that this current regime is to the <laughs> point where they, and uh, whether or not they they recognize that it's because of the the boat that they built for themselves, um, but I think that they recognize that they don't have the resources now to uh, you know fix the holes in the in the boat.
0: Do you think that going into the season, though, I, I said a moment ago, hope it, hope is not a strategy. Doesn't it seem from our vantage point, and you're right, we're not in on the meetings, and the fact that you're not in on the meetings is it may be part of the problem. Uh, maybe, <laughs> you should, maybe you should be in on the meetings. But doesn't it seem like a large part of the strategy for this season was, uh, based on hope, we hope we're going to be healthy. We hope Ludwig can return to 2012. We hope Brandon Phillips, uh, you know, can be a little bit better offensively because he was maybe injured last year. Uh, doesn't it seem like too much in key positions? Too much of the strategy was well, let's hope that these guys can do better. And, and, and maybe that wasn't the strategy. Maybe they just weren't able to improve in those areas. We, they, you know, they, maybe they tried. I don't have any problem believing that, but uh, it just seemed like so much of the Reds' case for being competitive in 2014 was based on. Well, let's hope this, this, and this happens. Am I? Does that make any sense?
1: I, I, I think you're right, and I think that both parts of that are right. I think that they did try, they did try to make improvements. I don't think that they were able to. I mean, obviously they weren't able to, but I, I, I don't think it was a matter of um, incompetence. I think that they don't have the money and they don't have the uh, resources to re- acquire. Better players without money, you know, without using money, and uh, you know the guys that they tried to trade, nobody wanted them. So, I mean, I think it's those combinations of facts that force them to just kind of throw up their hands and say, "Well, I guess we got to hope for the best." Um, and I'm I'm not trying to excuse the front office. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to understand kind of what they went through. And based on things, that, I mean, just the stuff that I've heard, I think that they just were unable to. Uh, they were unable to achieve what they were doing or what their goal was. And uh, it obviously shows. Um, you know, when your best acquisition or your biggest acquisition in the offseason is Skip Schumacher, you're really not, um, you, you're not accomplishing anything to improve a team that lost Shinzu Chu. And was really kind of devoid of much of a threat on offense outside of maybe two or three players, even when you had Shue.
0: Well, let me speak for everyone when I say I'm not going to sit here and listen to you slander Skip Schumacher.
1: (laughs) It's not, I mean, Schumacher may be fine in in his. (laughs) He is what he is. Right. Um, You know, and that's not, I'm not trying to bash Schumacher. They just needed somebody better than Schumacher. Yeah. You know, they're not. uh, as Richard uh, had an excellent piece up on your on Red Lake Nation today about um, you know the clubhouse culture culture and, right? Yeah, uh, Maybe Schumacher will improve that. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need somebody to kind of get people get in people's face and uh, kind of push them beyond what their abilities are. But your abilities are still the primary thing that is going to drive your success. Um, focusing, you know, you, you, you do need somebody there to help you focus your abilities and you need somebody to, uh, uh, kind of push the pedal to the metal. When um, when you need to be ridden, uh, you know in in the in our wire to wire book, John wrote a, an excellent uh, portion of the book talking about Lou Panella and he kind of compared him to a jockey on a horse. And you got to know when to you know to slap the horse and push the horse, and then you got to know when to kind of pull back a little bit and let the horse kind of ease into its own gallop and find its own pace. And uh, you need guys like that on your team that can kind of help you know, help do that to the play Cause there are going to be players that just aren't able to do that for themselves. However, you can have all of the best motivators in the world in your roster and you can have a perfectly organized chemistry, but if you don't have guys that have the ability to actually succeed, it's not going to matter as much. You may win five extra games that way, but if you only had an 80 win team in the first place, you're only an 85 win team. Um, you know, so it's, the talent is what rules, uh, in the first place, you know, first of all. And then after that, you, you know, when you have that talent, if you have a 90 win talent, uh, having a guy like Skip Schumacher come in there and kind of be, um, a, a good motivating force within the roster, uh, makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if it made sense on this roster. Hopefully, right. And hopefully I'm, I'm misjudging the talent of this roster. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, Skip Schumacher was the guy that was going to turn them into a 92 win team. Right.
0: And, and, and I share your concern that given the contracts they've got out there and, and the budget issues they may have and, uh, the state of the minor league system and, and in terms of just pieces that can move, be moved around, I wouldn't want to be in wall jockeys position frankly trying to figure out how to improve this team because uh it's going to be difficult i mean it's just going to it's just going to be difficult you know we talk about brandon phillips and that uh, and then and how that we think they've tried to move him clearly they tried to move him in the offseason there's just not my opinion just not a market for brandon phillips out there right now and 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 let's talk about phillips just for a moment if if, if you don't mind phillips mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier 293 on base percentage this season you know uh 395 slugging percentage. It, it looks to me like he's a guy. He's he's. I, I looked it up because we talked about it earlier. He's sixth on the team in, uh, in in wins above replacement right now. So he's a um, behind Frazier, Mizrachko, Heisey, Hamilton, Votto, and Phillips. Or Phillips is behind those guys. His value is really at this point almost entirely uh, tied up with his glove. Mm-hmm. And should I be as scared as I am? I guess I'm. I'll just say it. I, I'm. I'm. That's a scary thought to me. That we've got a second baseman whose value is entirely tied up in his glove when he's a 33 year old, uh, soon to be 33 year old uh, middle infielder who um, continues to exhibit a decline offensively. Uh, what are they going to do with that position over the next three years? It's going to be Brandon Phillips. If uh, they, they can't, they can't deal him. They're,
1: I, I, part of the problem that they're going to face is that um, is that his his skills are declining, but I don't think that he is recognizing that. Um, and and I hope that uh, you know there was some talk early in the season that that Joey Votto may have given up on his power too early. I kind I kind of feel that way that he injured his knee and thought that he lost his power and moved has moved more into focusing too much on on base percentage, which is uh a little funny to say but um he he clearly seems cognizant of the fact that he needs to uh focus on those skills that are going to allow him to extend his career and he, and I feel like maybe he's doing that a year or two too early probably um I'm a little concerned that Brandon Phillips does not recognize that his skills are declining and uh, and therefore, is not making the adjustments that he needs to make in order to um, deal with that fact. You know what I'm saying? Did I? Yeah, like no. Off I, too much on a Joey Votto tangent there.
0: Um, I, think,
1: I think you're right on regarding Votto, and certainly regarding Phillips. Phillips is a guy who, uh,
0: from uh, starting in 2011, on base percentage declined 2012, 2013, 2014. Slugging percentage declined each of those years. Um, and we're talking about just, what, 55 games into this season, but has declined um, uh, across the board offensively. There's been a decline. And what worries me is that what value he still has, and he still has some value, it worries me that if he's not going to make those adjustments, uh, that it's really entirely in his glove and and. I don't like the idea of expecting a 33 year old second baseman's glove to continue to be good. It's been good. We love watching Brandon Phillips uh, flash the leather. Uh, it really concerns me about what we're in, in for over the next couple years because, and, and I don't know, you know, it's easier said than done to uh, tell him to change his approach or, or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know how to do that. I batted 212 in Little League, but. <laughs> um, that scares well, I, me to death as a fan of the Reds that we're going to have a guy whose – his glove cannot continue to be a, a, as good as it's been. It just – it can't be. Historically, I, uh, it can't be, and, and with with his back continuing to decline, that's going to quickly become a serious albatross around the Reds' neck.
1: I, I didn't quite finish my thought on him. Oh, I'm,
0: sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't no, know you were going to talk the whole time. No,
1: no, no. You, you, you did not interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. I mean, you've told me before that this is I'm why people listen, right? Well, sure that's why I hear myself talk anyway. So, all uh, right, you yeah, win. Um, <laughs> proceed, <laughs> I'm sir. I'm kidding. I I did not mean to cut you off. Um, <laughs> no, any you actually didn't cut me off. I kind of um, realized that I hadn't made the original point that I was trying to make, which was I'm actually not as worried about his de- defense declining as you are. I, I mean, I eventually it's going to and. Um, you know, he doesn't show major signs of it at this point, so I'm not incredibly worried about it. Okay, so you don't think that's
0: necessarily going to happen immediately?
1: No, it, it, it might. I mean, it very well could. Um, part of the reason stuff like that happens is because, you know, guys get injured because they get older and it's easier to get injured. So, you know, if he throws out his back one game and then all of a sudden he's got back issues, it's going to affect him um you know defensively. So, yeah, it could happen. Uh if he can stay reasonably healthy, I'm not as concerned about that happening. Um it it will, it'll start to decline, but he's got a I mean, he's got a a, a nice little padding in there. Right. That he can afford to lose some defensive decline. My big concern offensively, and the reason why I was going on to that little rant about um you know, how he has doesn't appear to recognize that his offensive skills are in decline, uh is that he is still going to bat two, three, four in the lineup somewhere in there uh, because of who he is, um, because of how uh, if all of a sudden they needed to, they decided to move him to sixth or seventh in the lineup, it's not going to go over easily. So uh, my concern is that he is going to uh, – he's declining offensively and he's still going to bat in a, an important offensive position um and so that that is the number one reason why i hope that he starts to recognize i need to make adjustments my numbers are falling here and and um i just he doesn't seem like the kind of player that does you know that that recognizes that kind of stuff i hope i'm wrong about that well
0: you are correct that he is still good with the glove very good i mean um there's no question about that and, and maybe i'm just again glass fully empty. Uh worried that I see his, his age and I see the way second basemen have generally declined over the years uh when they start getting into their mid 30s. Uh maybe I'm just worrying too much. You're right. There's a little cushion there and he is still still very good with the glove. Maybe not as good as he was, uh but very few are uh, anywhere are as good as he was at his best uh with the glove. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh maybe I'm getting too concerned about Brandon Phillips.
1: Uh, I I'll be honest. I'm I mean I don't like the numbers that I see from him. Um he is not the guy that I'm worried about right now. I uh, I'm I'm much more concerned about left field, yeah, uh, about uh center field, um about Bruce struggling. Uh you know, if if we get I mean, Bruce actually really the guy I'm worried. I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about this you know, in the sense that I don't, that I think he's done. Uh, the guy I'm worried about is Bruce. The guy yeah. that needs to really pick up his game yeah. is Bruce. Now, if Bruce were hitting well, then I'd be all over Phillips.
0: All not right. right now. You're right. You're right. Given the uh, production levels, uh, we, we've spent too much time talking about Brandon Phillips uh, and and maybe not enough about Bruce because it's almost uh, inconceivable how bad Jay Bruce has been. I mean, hurt or not, uh, you know, slumps or not golly, this guy, he's, he's been miserable. And, and I, I keep saying, well, he's going to be better. He's Jay Bruce. right? But uh, if, if he doesn't get better, we're in, we're in for a, a world of hurt. Um, enough about this offense. Why do you keep wanting to talk about the offense? Let's talk about yeah. uh, something else. Anything else at all we can talk about? How about the pitching? Still pretty good. Uh, starting pitching, maybe not uh, as good as it was at its uh, best, but Quato's still looking great. We still like Johnny Cueto, right? We talk about this team not being a fun team to watch, but Cueto's still fun to watch, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like Johnny Cueto.
0: I like Johnny Cueto.
1: Um, I'm, I, I'm a Johnny, Johnny Cueto fan. And you know what? Let's do this. Let's talk about Mike Leak. How about it? How All about right? talking
0: about Mike Leak, that
1: guy? Yeah, you know, and I oh, where did I read? Oh, I, I read a quote recently that... Uh, Oh, maybe it's an article that uh that a friend of mine is writing, perhaps I shouldn't bring it up, but anyway, there was a quote that <laughs> that Johnny Cueto learned to become the pitcher that he is, partly from watching Mike Leak pitch that he learned to work the plate a little better and and that kind of from seeing how Mike Leak does it he's had better stuff than Mike Leak, so That's- I said. Kudos to Mike Leak for making Johnny Cueto part of the picture that who he is today. And I'm sorry if I ruin an article for everybody else, but I thought, you know, if they're going to send it to me an email, they got to accept it every <laughs> once in a while. I'm going to forget that it wasn't a in public information yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, fascinating, and
0: if it's not been published yet, I hope you'll send us the link uh, when uh, you do get that, tweet that out or something, That's because that's interesting. Leak, you say he's been good, actually, but I look, I'm looking at his numbers. He, he's only three and four in terms of his one loss record, so... I think you're probably overrating him. That's I, I may be. I may three be. and four, yeah. I think is. You're the stat guy, but I think three and four is below 500.
1: It's actually besides besides Tony Cingrani, it's the worst record in the starting rotation.
0: So when are they going to send him to AAA? Is my
1: question. I don't know. It's not nearly as good as Homer Bailey in his five and three record.
0: <laughs> and Bailey has been outstanding. Am I right? Bailey's yeah. uh, not been as bad as his numbers would indicate, but. Uh, He's not been as good as Mike Leake. No.
1: I I mean, you know, every once in a while, I mean, Mike Leake is a lot like Bronson Arroyo. They're not front-of-the-line starters, but they are guys that, um, you know, more often than not are going to go out there and give you a pretty good outing. And and I'll be the first to admit that I didn't think Mike Leake was for real last year. And maybe he's not for real. Maybe he's still kind of just floating along, outperforming what we would expect. Um, but, you know, I'll take, you know, if he's, if he's our, our third or fourth best pitcher, fine. What you know? just
0: said is exactly the thing we, we said about Bronson Arroyo every single year, you know, he's not this good, right? He can't keep this up, you know, and he's, he's out, he keeps outperforming what we expect, but he just keeps on doing this thing. And, and, you know, he's a smart uh, pitcher and, uh, changes speeds and moves the ball around. And you look up and he's got a 2.92 ERA and all of a sudden, uh, you know, number three, number four starter. This guy is, uh, I think probably at some point, I don't know if it'll be in Cincinnati, but he's probably going to make a lot of money, uh, in the major league. Yeah. Um, because he just keeps, keeps doing what he's doing. I, I love watching him pitch. Um, you know, you look at his, uh, earned run average, obviously, and that's, uh, if you want to look at earned run average. Yeah. Uh, pretty well. Uh, it's, it's good. It's, um, you know, but his, uh, his fielding independent numbers are good. Um, across the board uh, looks good Homer Bailey's the, the guy that uh, who you look at his fielding independent uh, numbers uh, starts to look much better than than what everyone thinks because whenever Bailey has a bad start uh, the wailing and gnashing of teeth begins on Twitter um,
1: yeah you, you know Bailey's moved into that position of hey this guy makes a lot of money yeah so the people that don't like the fact that baseball players make a lot of money or like the um Raise expectations for pitchers or players because they make a lot of money. Get all, you know, upset when a guy doesn't perform to where their, their expectations. Uh, and then you get the, the counter, the counter act of, you know, everybody who likes this guy gets very defensive about him. <laughs> right. Um, you know. And we got uh, some of those guys at, at, at
0: Red Leg Nation. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's lots of those guys. I mean, there's lots of those guys for, I mean, I, I can be like that sometimes about yeah, Joey me Votto too. even. Um you know, so it's you know, we all kind of fall into that one side or the other a lot of times. That that was me um, with Adam Dunn, you know. So yes, he, yeah, yeah. Well I mean I was the same way. I was the same way too. Uh you know, so uh anyway, my my point was gonna be, um you know, if we're being honest, Homer Bailey has not been as good as we need him to be. Right. Uh um he hasn't been as bad as people seem to think he's been as some people s- seem to think he's been. Right. Um so there's a common ground in there. Yeah, uh, that, those are not needs, incompatible thoughts. He needs to be better, but he's he's not been awful. But right, he needs to be better, right? Right. So uh, you can say that about a lot of guys, actually. Yeah, on this yeah. team, uh, he he would not be the focus of my ire on this team. Um, you know, but there's that like sense out there, uh, and Votto gets the, the the
0: brunt of that as well, making a lot of money. Why is it? Why yeah. doesn't he have a 2.5 uh, uh, ERA? Why doesn't he have right. a 2.92 ERA like Mike Leake? Uh, you gave the wrong guy the money.
1: Yeah, oh. and 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 I and I mentioned it one time that I wish uh, sometimes I wish that we didn't know what uh, baseball players got paid. Oh, um, I agree. And, and when you really think about it, it is kind of weird that we do know. Because what benefit is there to us? Now during the offseason, I love it because I think those make for fun conversations and trying to decide who should get paid, what, and that kind of stuff. I think it's fine. Um, but when a guy is out on the mound, the last thing I'm worried about, uh, or if he's in the batter's box, the last thing I'm worried about is how much the guy makes. Because he makes what he makes. There's nothing you can do to change that. And uh, Yeah, it... Uh, it, it ma- know, all these baseball contracts is that you're paying a guy.
0: Yeah, it, it amazes
1: so, me that that people are
0: so caught up in it because i really i i I watch a game and i never ever think about how much this guy's making and to some people evidently that's the first thing they think of um it's not coming out of my pocket necessarily i guess indirectly it is but uh you know it doesn't do us any good to know that but obviously the players want it to be public uh frankly because it helps them uh in in the days when it wasn't public the clubs had all the power and they could pay whatever they wanted to and obviously it's a different day and age now but, uh, yeah, Homer Bailey, you know, I don't expect him to have a. And I keep saying ERA like that's some kind of statistic we need to be looking at, and I understand that's a, a faulty statistic, but that's what the guy that looks in the newspaper sees his ERA next to the box score uh, and says, wait a minute, why is Homer Bailey's ERA f- over five. Why is he not getting paid? Why is Mike Leak not getting paid? His ERA is under three, so um, uh, who cares? Uh, continue doing well, Mike Leak do a little bit better for us, Homer Bailey. Um, I don't care what you make. I hope you all get paid a lot. Certainly, uh, certainly other guys are getting paid. The players might as well get paid. They, they, they're the ones earning it. So. So it appears we've had some technical difficulties there, which seems like probably, uh, and I just talked to Joel. He agrees. seems like a pretty good place that we should just wrap this one up. Uh, Thank you for listening to another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. I hope for the technical difficulties, and I hope my uh, voice, I know I've got this crazy twang, but I hope that uh, my voice, given the fact that I'm suffering from some allergies, hasn't, uh, hasn't bothered you, and I hope you, the coughing uh, that you may have heard in the background hasn't uh, bothered you too much. Been one It's uh, been one of those weeks, but you know you got to really give me credit. Come on. I've fought through this, uh, this, these allergies and this congestion. Just to do another podcast for you guys. I mean, that's really what I'm willing to do for you. all alright, whatever. I hope you'll uh, tell all your friends about Red Nation Radio. I hope you go to redlegnationradio.com. Subscribe via iTunes. If you enjoy us, go to iTunes and and give us a rating and a review. If you don't enjoy us, number one, why have you listened this far? Number two, just keep your mouth shut. We don't need you telling anybody about us if you don't uh, like it. But um, do do, do subscribe uh, via iTunes or RSS. Uh, using your favorite podcast catcher. I hope you'll follow us at RedLegNation.com every day. All the best uh, Reds news and notes from uh, whatever's going on in the world of the Cincinnati Reds. Follow uh, at RedLegNation on Twitter. Follow me at DotsonC, D-O-T-S-O-N-C if you wish. Follow uh, Joel on Twitter at J-L-U-C-K-H-A-U-P-T. Got to spell that one every time because, uh, hey, yeah. uh, I'm not sure there is a correct way to spell that name, but that's the way Joel spells it. Um, fun uh, fun episode tonight. In some ways, there are reasons for optimism, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this has been an interesting red season thus far. We'll be back with you again next week trying to figure out what's going on with this crazy team. For Joel Luckup, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone.